Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the wise man, Matt Mears. Yes, hello and welcome to Splinters here, another Tuesday night on Triple H 100.1 FM and on all your good and bad podcast sites. Uh, wherever you like catching up on those as well. I am the wise man, Matt Mears. I'm looking forward to taking you through the 2022 Shoot Shield preview. Yes, rugby at a local level is almost back here in Sydney town. And I'm telling you, I'm joined by two guys who are cracking at the bit. They can't wait. First up, from our friends at Alive FM, he's also the voice of the, the Western Sydney Two Blues, Dave McDonald, Dave, great to have you here on Splinters tonight. Thanks very much, Mirzi. Uh, great to be here, guys. Uh, very exciting, uh, as you said, particularly out west. Uh, there's been a lot of developments, including a new stadium, which uh, we'll talk about uh, a little bit later on. But, uh, yeah, no, it's great. Very exciting. And hopefully we'll see a full season this year. Of course, 2021 was cut short, uh, tragically, but uh, it's uh, all ready to go. Yeah, it certainly is. We're we're only counting down the sleep the sleeps on one hand right now. And this man, I said, Baringa Rats is one of the many many hats that he wears. He is the hat rack Shane Evans. He's almost be probably sleeping at uh, Pittwater Rugby Park on Friday night. Shane, mate, welcome to Splinters. Isn't it going to be a huge uh, season of Shoot Shield this year in 2022? Definitely is. Hello, Matty, and hello to Macca. Thanks for coming on board. But yeah, mate. Shoot Shield, after last year being only 11 rounds before the dreaded COVID Lurgy put a postponement to the season, which was going quite well for, for the Varinga side. Not so well for Western Sydney, but we'll get more into that later. But, yeah, just looking to, as Dave said, getting into a full season of, the, of Shoot Shield this year. Obviously, some changes in personnel in our two clubs, respectively, but everyone else pretty much the same. But, yeah, let's get on to it. Well, I said one big change that if you've been sleeping under a rock, no Penrith this year. They'll be uh, joining a different competition. I'm sure if you want to find out more about that, you can find all about that on uh, the interwebs, Google it, whatever you like to do. Um, so we'll talk about the 12 teams that have uh, remained and will be contesting the 2022 Shooter Shield will go in order of how they finished last year. And we'll start at the bottom. Unfortunately for you, Dave, that is the Western Sydney Two Blues. They played nine of the uh, 11 rounds. They finished with uh, nine losses. Did get two bonus points, but uh, I'm interested. I'm here. Big developments happening out at Western Sydney. Obviously, we talked about that new stadium. I can't wait to get out there at some point throughout the year, but I'm sure there's plenty else um, happening out there as well. Absolutely. Matt, uh, well, firstly, changes, uh, firstly, in terms of administration, of course, the new general manager in Christian Burden, who's come on, he's a former Two Blue and Southern Districts player. Uh, now, he's uh, had a lot of work to do, of course, and the, and the first job, of course, was securing a, a head coach. And uh, uh, Shane, you'd be familiar, of course, with uh, Lossie Thackerbau, I don't know how I went there in pronouncing it, but uh, of thinking, course, thinking about. Yep. 20, 2017 <laughs> Premiership winner with uh, Warringah, of course. Um, 
he's come on board for the uh, taking the head role of the two blues and straight away has got into some serious recruitment uh, across the board. Uh, obviously, the first grade side is important, but obviously depth is a key to the success of any club. So, uh, as you mentioned, the new stadium, new facilities, they've got a home, um, which I think is going to be a big advantage for them this year. Um, but in terms of playing ranks, um, quite a few players that have come across the Tasman to join the two Blues. Um, now, they've strengthened their forward pack this year. A couple of key players there. Hamden Tuapalotto, tight head prop, who's come across from Auckland. Now, he's also in the Waratahs training squad, and he's actually the brother of all-back Patrick Tuapalotto. So uh, a good pedigree there, of course. So uh, he has joined the two Blues. Uh, of course, uh, Flanker and, and the new captain, Alex Babick, has come across from Auckland. Uh, he's taken over the captaincy from Riley Jacobson, the number 10. Um, JP Sawney, a hooker. Um, now, he's come back from overseas, uh, a former Samoan international. Uh, that's going to provide great uh, leadership, particularly uh, uh, in the scrum. And a, a convert, uh, an, an old Westfield high or sports high, uh, Tavita Vuna, former league player mm. uh, at the Eagles, is back uh, into rugby. And he has joined the two Blues. Um, and he will certainly strengthen that back line. So there's just a, a, a small sample of names that have come across, but uh, there's definitely a, a brand new culture out there at, at the two blues. Uh, and uh, again, I, from what I've witnessed, um, there's such an incredible vibe out there and excitement for 2022. Um, in terms of their results last year, again, I think we wipe the slate clean. This year, I mean, it's not about the past. It's about a, their three-year plan, and they plan to be at the top of Shoot Shield uh, in a couple of years' time. I do see that there'll be significant improvement this year, and they'll certainly win more than one game. Um, uh, again, I think it's a bit too early to uh, to say they'll make the uh, finals this year, but that's certainly their goal. I must admit, I'm really jealous of the stadium. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's the Eric... Tweedle Stadium is that correct? The name that it's going on now. Correct. Yes, I've believe. seen, yes. I have seen all the sketches of whilst it is in whilst it was being built. I've seen some photos that the Waratahs put up there when they had their trial there, a three-way trial there a few weeks ago. I must admit, I am looking forward to when the Rats make the trip out there to take on Western Sydney. It looks like one of the up-and-coming stadiums that. The shoot shield will be using this year, and they're going to scare a lot of teams this year. I believe scare you're a right. Lot of them. I believe you're right, Shane. Uh, on the stadium, I was I was there. Obviously, uh, lucky enough to to ground announce that uh, that trial. The the crowd there was fantastic. There was well over thirteen hundred people there for the day. Um, great support for all the clubs, um, but great feedback um, from all involved. And uh, on the weekend, Parramatta actually beat Manly in a trial match there uh, on the weekend. And from all reports, the feedback, particularly from head coach Phil Blake uh, and a lot of the players, was it was fantastic facilities and can't wait to come back. So I think that's also going to provide an advantage on the field uh, as well. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, exciting times out there. And, again, hopefully that not only 
assist the club, but assists uh, rugby in general in Western Sydney. Yeah, well, we look forward to seeing how they're going to go throughout the year. When you, when you, it's almost, I think, a case for them. When you build it, they will come, and that was that's certainly what is happening at the Western Sydney Two Blues. We'll move along uh, to the team coming that came eleventh last year. That's Manly. Uh, probably a disappointing year for them. Um, they only had two wins out of their nine matches. They finished on thirteen points. Shane, you're probably not the best person to ask uh, about them with your big rivalry with Warringah, but. Certainly, they'll be disappointed with only two wins in their nine matches last year, and they'll be looking to do better in 2022. Yeah, they definitely were disappointed. Former coach Matt McGoldrick, who has been moved on by the by the Manly board during the off-season, in his own words, he felt disappointed in the way that the team played. He gave credit to their second-grade their second grade squad, who were always chopping and changing because, obviously, if you're getting injuries in the – in your shoot shield side, your second grade side's never ever going to be the same, but they were able to give the players the opportunity to be able to progress into the shoot shield. But we all know now that in the off season, Phil Blake was named the head coach and director of rugby, director of rugby over at the Marlins, as they're so affectionately known over at Manly Oval. But yeah, Looking forward to seeing what Phil puts in because obviously he's had his time playing and working alongside the coaching staff at the Manly Seagulls NRL side, but has also had his time in the in rugby union, whether it's working with the, the sevens program in the male and female, but also in the lower grades as well. But yeah, it should be really interesting to see how, how Phil can turn this side around. Real good astute coach. Can he turn it around and get them into that top six format again? I don't know personally. Is the bias showing? To be honest, not really. I just don't know how they're going to go, but it'll be interesting to come up. Maka, your thoughts on uh, Manly for the season? Uh, again, uh, they had to take the steps that they did. Uh, as you said, Phil Blake, well-renowned Um I think we'll see, definitely see some improvement from them this year. Uh, I love the rivalry, as you've stated. It's uh, it's one of the, as I said, one of the great ones in sport, uh, in well, particularly uh, in New South Wales. Uh, I do see improvement. I'll definitely win more than two games. Well, we'll move back out to uh, the opposite side of Sydney. Um, we'll look at at West Harbour. I think all reports saying that they're going to be back at Concord Oval this year. I don't, I haven't had that confirmed though, but uh, they've been playing out of Moines Oval for the last couple of years, but uh, they got three wins out of their 10 matches. Um, sorry, three wins out of their nine matches played last year. They finished on 16 uh, points for the year, Macca. So I think they'd be again, if they can get back into Concord Oval and, and build up that home base again, it is hard for clubs to be playing away and playing on the road and, that's almost what Dremoyne over would have been for, for the Pirates over the last couple of years. I totally agree. And, and that's exactly what Western Sydney's issue was, uh, playing here, there, and everywhere. Lidcombe Oval. Um, oh, I never want to go back there. We called a couple of games from Lidcombe. I don't want to go back there. Yeah, indeed. I think that's a key. Uh, I'm not sure what the scenario is. Of course, that's the Western uh, Tigers NRL high-performance training centre. So I'm not sure what the agreement is. That's something we have to do some further investigation on. But again, I think um, I believe that they'll be uh, around the same position. 
um, in that uh, lower third of the ladder. Um, incidentally, they take on Western Sydney first up at Eric Sweetall Stadium. So it'll be that'll be an interesting test um, or glimpse of, to see where both sides are at uh, first up before yeah. they take on, obviously, stiffer opposition. Well, from what I know, speaking to our our new president in Sue Barry Cotter, that they will play out of Dremoyne for probably about the first five to six weeks and then looking at about round eight that they'll move back into Concord Oval, their spiritual home. Yes, we know that it's now the high-performance centre and centre of excellence for the West Tigers, but, they, but West Tigers also knew that the Pirates would be coming back sometime this year. They asked for a couple of weeks extension before they come back, which is fair enough. The West Tigers are the main tenants of Concord Oval as it is. And the West Harbour Pirates granted it to them, but they did want to get back there and they will be there somewhere between rounds eight and 10. So it'd be good to go out there. It's always a good crowd atmosphere to get out there. Admittedly, the grand, the far grandstand away from the commentary side has disappeared and there's a new, new stand out there as well. doesn't hold as many, but it's always that rivalry out there. You know you go there, you're in for a fight, and they'll do a lot better than finishing in that bottom three. They'll win, I'm going to say, at least half their games. They'll probably fall about a game short of making the finals. We'll move along to ninth last season, and it's a team that, they sort of had a quick coming together uh, back in COVID times. And then they've certainly improved themselves over the last couple of seasons that they've been in the shoot shield. And that's the Hunter wildfires. They won three of their uh, 10 games played last year, 18 um, being above West Harbor on bonus points. But Shane, um, it, this was a team we saw um, come in in late circumstances a couple of years ago. Um, it, it took them time to get themselves ready and, and people on the ground and and to build it up. I, I remember being at, at um, Macca probably won't like to hear this one, but I was there at Lidcombe calling when they, they did beat the um, Western Sydney Two Blues to win their first game back in uh, 2020 um, of Shoot Shield uh, for many, many years since they've been in the Sydney competition. So I said, go from that one win in 2020, three wins in 2021, they can only build from that, can't they, Shane? Where they're going to be another team that, whether they make the top six, I don't know, but they'll be nipping at the heels and they'll be certainly not an, an easy beat, which uh, maybe a few teams would have circled uh, maybe a big Friday night out before playing them uh, in previous seasons. In 2020, yeah, you'd almost would look at it at the draw and go like, okay, yeah, there's an easy five points to, to get, whether at home or away especially when they're playing up at the number two sports ground at Newcastle, they found to have more wins up there than not. But Scott Coleman, obviously, as we all know, Darren Coleman's older brother, still coaching up there and was able this year to have a full off-season, pre-season with the side, be able to bring in a couple of new players from some of the other clubs that were found that they weren't, services were no longer required in air quotes. So, They've made the move up the up the up to the hunter to get the opportunity to play up there. But yeah, Newcastle and the Hunter, they were not disgraced in the last couple of years. Coming in in 2020 to cover obviously for Penrith when they were removed during the preseason. 
to only have a six-week get-together and, okay, only one win. That's expected. You only had a very short time to come together. But last year, they had the three wins, but four of those losses were less than a converted try. So it shows you that they were in the games for most of the season, but in the end, they just couldn't find the killer punch in the end. But I can't see them making finals, but they're going to give the, the finalists an absolute fright. And they're going to play, they're going to be nuisance value towards the end of the season if they know that they can't make it, where they can upset teams and stop them making finals as well. One quick point on the wildfires is that, as you said, they had a couple of close losses and then a couple of wins. So they were starting to uh, hit their straps uh, when the season was cut short. Um, so again, uh, hopefully if it's not cut short, they'll be able to gain some momentum. Uh, again, we'll definitely say I'd, important for rugby too, that they're in, uh, in, uh, back in the heart of region. Uh, but uh, again, I think we'll see an improvement from them uh, and definitely as a club. And hopefully that success will, will uh, again, as, as I referred to in Western Sydney, will grow that grow rugby in Newcastle being such a parochial rugby league town. Well, it is a big call Where? there, David. Yeah. Yeah. It is a big, uh, a big growth area for rugby, so to speak, where if you, if you've got any aspirations of, of trying to get, um, up the chain, so to speak, get a, a Waratahs contract or any any Super Rugby contract. There's always eyes on the Shoot Shield competition. So if you're from that Newcastle area and, and you want to progress your rugby career, you, you've got a lot more opportunity now playing for those for the wildfires than you did just playing in the Newcastle competition. So as I said, I think as more and more people see um, – Good results. They'll draw more and more players to them. It's, it's another one of those build it and they will come situations, which I think is great for, for rugby overall. And it's great for the shoot shield because we're getting more and more competitive teams and you're not having a, 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 a top six, which is pretty much known uh, before the season even starts. So um, let's hope with the wildfires, I'm sure they've spent all off season recruiting and will be uh, a force to come. Um, as I said, they, they have Gordon first up, so that's going to be an, an interesting one for them. We'll move along to the team that finished eighth, and that's the team from Foreshore Park in Southern Districts. They won four out of their nine games for 23 points to finish, the, uh, to finish as when the season cut off after round 11 and Macca. This is another team where they can be good, but they can also have their off days as well. But another one of those important teams because of the area that they represent. Oh, of course. Uh, again, probably uh, disappointed for uh, where they finished up. But uh, again, positive positive points differential um, by ninety two points. So uh, again, a, a, another couple of wins, and they're right in that. Uh, or even one one good win, and things go their way, and they're in that top six. Um, at that stage of the season. So, yeah, as you said, they can be uh, rocks and diamonds sometimes, uh, no doubt. Um, but, again, dangerous on their day. Yeah, the Rebels, as they affectionately love to be called, yeah, you, you go to Foreshore Park, if you get away with four points, you're doing well. If you get away with five points, then you'd be taking it any day. It's very rare that you'll see teams walking away with a 
with the bonus point from from foreshore any day, like we're talking for the last 10 years, you're more likely to pick up the bonus points when the Rebels are travelling. They somehow seem to be the Jekyll and Hyde side of the shoot shield. You get them at home, they're almost unbeatable. You get them away, and nine out of ten times, you're going you're gonna to beat them, not comfortably, but you do end up beating them. But, yeah, looking forward to seeing how they go this year. They've always played well at home. They just need to pick up a couple of astute players and have some of their first-grade culture. Did quite well last year before the season shut down, pushing into those lower grades, and means it's going to just bring their expectation levels up to the level where they need to be to be a dominant force. I reckon they'll finish in the finals, but they'll be seventh or eighth. Well, so they play uh, Manly first up at Foreshore. I think that'll be a great barometer for both teams to mm-hmm. see where they're going in and whether they can have serious top six uh, aspirations for 2022. We'll do one more team and then we'll have a quick break here on splinters and the team that was in seventh when it was uh, all said and done in round 11 last year. And that's the uh, and that's Randwick, the galloping greens, not, not a position that they would have been wanting to be in had the season gone the full length. They still won five out of their nine games. So it wasn't as if they'd, uh, had a, a, a negative season at all. They were on 26 points when the uh, when the season got called off, Shane. And uh, the, the fellows out at Coogee Oval, we, we've seen the facilities there a couple of times this year, calling the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. They've certainly got the, the place to play. It's now whether they can um, turn it on on the field because, as I said, this is a club that is should be top six, if not top four, season in and season out. And that's their aim and that's their goal. So for them to be in that seventh position or below won't be tolerated at uh, Coogee. Definitely not. The Galloping Greens have been a been a force in super and shoot shield and also supplying players to super rugby for absolute for decades. You look at some of the Australian sides back in the 80s and 90s, you'd almost be able to get either the front row fully from Ramwick or the whole back line would be Ramwick. These days, obviously, there's been changes and all of that, but they are still one of the dominant sides in this competition. But, yeah, as you said, Coogee Oval, it's had some, upgrade, it's had some renovations done during the off-season, and I had, we had the opportunity when we were there for that Kingsgrove T20 conference final, and they're going to have some of the best facilities for these rugby players that I have seen in my with my own eyes. I haven't had a chance to see Eric Tweedle yet, but they're some of the better facilities that you'll see this season. And I can't see why they're not going to be looking at top four, fifth at worst. If it's anything that doesn't make finals, it'll be seen as a season of failure. And then questions from the board will be, what do we need to do? Do we move the staff? Do we not? They'll be top six. That's a guarantee. Anything worse would be a blight on that club's history. Macker, any thoughts on um, Randy Pete's? Uh, sorry, I'm used to the cricket Thanks. club. Uh, any thoughts on Randwick um, and how they're going to go uh, in 2022? Well, again, I probably agree to uh, some extent from Shane. Yeah, again, they. Uh, obviously been so prominent over the years. Um, again, we 
probably got to take into account, guys, again, the season was cut short. So the, when we look at, we go through the second half of the list, it was pretty tight. You know, when we look at positions, uh, you know, three to seven, uh, nine points between them. So, uh, you know, we can't be too harsh, I think, on on the performances of, uh, you know, uh, only uh, nine. There was two, three teams that played 10 and then the rest played nine. Um, again, Randwick, they'll be there and thereabouts uh, in that top six. I think they'll uh, just slide into the six. Yeah, they'll, they'll certainly be uh, aiming for that. But as we will, after the break, go through those top six teams, you can see that there's going to be a lot of fights here for those positions. And that's probably why we consider the Shoot Shield to be one of the best uh, city competitions in the world for rugby, but you are listening to Splinters, um, the bench podcast, our 2022 shoot shield preview. Um, we do the splinters. Thanks to uh, Atlas chartered accountants to the post for the Hornsby RSL and for ISC sport. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this with those top six teams here on splinters. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. 
Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast here on Triple H 100.1 FM, plus on all your good and bad podcast sites around the world. I am the wise man, Matt Mears. I'm joined by the hat rack, Shane Evans and Dave Macken McDonald here talking all things 2022 Shoot Shield preview. If you're only just tuning in, you've missed the uh, the bottom six off the table as it finished in 2021 at the Shoot Shield, uh, finishing after 11 rounds due to COVID restrictions last year. We're hoping and fingers crossed that we'll see the whole season go through for 2022. But we'll move on to that top six and Macca first up in sixth. It's a team that's had a lot of success over the last few years. The team out of Chatswood Oval, it is Gordon. After nine games played, they had six wins and were on 29 points. This is a club that has been doing a lot of good things in the last couple of years. And you pretty much expect for that to keep continuing here in 2022. Well, you're right. They were. They did have, a, uh, I suppose, a little hiatus from the top six there for a couple of years. And they certainly rebuilt. Um, again, uh, 109 or plus 109 points differential. Um Again, two losses in a row before things uh, finished up. But again, you, uh, they were always um, on the up, I think, uh, the last few years. I think that's going to continue. I think they're going to uh, push up uh, a couple of spots from six. I think they're going to dive into the top four. Well, obviously, after, well, Solosi Tengisekibau, who you now have over at Western Sydney, was part of the coaching structure there under... Coach Melrose out there, he's back. He's back on board in charge again, with a couple of the Colts coaching staff making the step up to his assistance for the first grade side. You would expect that they'd be looking at a, at worst fifth spot, but they'd be pushing for top four positions. The Stags, as they like to be known, they'll be they'll, they like to make Chatswood Oval a fortress. I put this way when I'm there with Ringa. I don't like going there because <laughs> you know how much of an issue it is. If you're sitting in the, if you're sitting there as a player or as a, as one of the visiting spectators, you know, in the main grandstand above the canteen, when first grade starts, all the lower grade players and the Colts will come sit up in that grandstand up there. They get the bagpipes going, they get the drums going, and it can be a real daunting place to go. But as I said, if you're a Gordon supporter or any of the players, if you're not looking as a minimum top five for the year, then you're not setting your expectations to the level where this club can be, has been the last two years, and should be going into the future. Yeah, well, I think there'll be a lot of eyes on uh, the, uh, the Stags out at Chatswood Oval this year. Moving on to the team that came fifth, and yes, Shane, we've finally made it. It's to your Ringa Green Rats. 
They were in fifth last year, nine matches also for six wins. They finished, though, on 32 points, having a couple of extra bonus points than Gordon did last year. But uh, I'm not sure that the club, based out of lovingly known as Rat Park out there at Narrabeen, Pitwater Rugby Park, they're certainly going to be um, there. And they're another one of these teams that are there or thereabouts come the finals time. Fifth again is probably, they'd be aiming for higher that in 2022 as well. So they've got a big game coming up first round against Sydney uni as well. So we're going to see how good they are right out of the box here uh, from round one. Definitely will be obviously Mike Rubin's the head coach again. Had a few positions in the board change hands. Obviously, you and I know Phil Parsons, the former president of Baringa, quite well. He stood down and Sue Barry Cotter, who was the president of the Baringa Juniors, has now stepped into the breach and has become the, the full-time president at Baringa Rugby. So congratulations to Sue, first of all, for being the first female president of any semi-professional or professional rugby club in Australia and in Oceania, to be fact. So Greg Mars also come on board. He's gone from being the assistant coach to Greg Lee at second grade to being our club's general manager. Robin Watson has decided to step away. So thank you to Robin for her services last year during the COVID hit season. Couple of players coming through. We did lose a young player called Harley Atwater that most of our listeners do know well through the middle of the season. He went across to back to Manly midway through 2019, spent the short season there last year. He come back cap in hand asking for another crack with the Green Rats, which the coaching staff and committee have given him the opportunity to. So he's come back along. We've got the two Cliff brothers in Brendan and John who have come down from Brisbane brothers in the hospital cup competition up there. Both brothers have had time in the Melbourne Rebels set up as well. But the big in for us is also playing in the Waratah squad is a former Welsh international and British lion, Jamie Roberts, has been signed by Darren Coleman to play at the Waratahs, but obviously all the new players, they need to choose a side that they want to go to if they're not playing super rugby. And even though he lives literally a good drop punt from, from Manly Oval, he's decided to bypass the Marlins and come up the road to North Narrabeen Reserve to play in the, in the green and white of Moringa, which we're more than happy to see that he'll, Add the experience of over 300 first grade games in all formats to the Warringah Club alongside a couple of the young Colts that are coming through at the moment. But yeah, looking forward to it. The club's got is fielding all five senior grades, the three Colts grades, and a women's 15s and 7s team again this year. So looking forward to when you get a what they call a super day when you have all grades playing at home. I know Sydney uni is one of those first up. We want to be challenged. We want to finish top four. That is the absolute minimum that Mike Rutherford wants from the club. And to have Sydney uni first up, that would give you a gauge straight up how they go. 
over the two trials that they've had, they went to Randwick last week for the trial. First and third grade seniors got up. Seconds and fourths had draws. The three Colts games were split 1-1 one, one and a draw. And the ones that Manly before it, Manly in the end, and he ended up winning the, the trophy between the two clubs by one try over the three games. Obviously, wet weather didn't help. But, yeah, obviously the Battle of the Beaches is going to be good for us. Round four, Upper Pitwater Park first against the Marlins. But, yeah, definitely looking forward to round one against Uni. Should be a great game. If that's not sold out, then rugby in general should be disappointed because these are the, obviously teams that played in the, the 2017 grand final. They've played major semifinals in the last couple of years. Yeah, this should be an absolute cracker. Top four minimum, to be honest. I'm thinking second or third, but obviously Sydney Uni, we still got to talk about. That's going to be interesting. Nako, any thoughts on Raringa? Uh, I think Shane's taught them up enough. Uh, I think really all I can say here is they're going to lose two more games than they did last year because Western Sydney are going to knock them off both times. Oh, maybe we need to have some sort of <laughs> splinters bet between you two. We'll, uh, that, we might... that is, sorry, Matt, that's total, totally biased view, by the way. We love it. We love we it. Can, we, we can organise something, but let's get through all the other teams first. And then maybe we can put something down on air, and then work out some sort of work out some sort we'll of work out something. Maybe, maybe even if maybe even after we go off the air. But uh, we all mm. love the friendly rivalries here on Splinters, and even the not so friendly ones. Um, but um, we'll move along to the team that was in fourth position when uh, it was all said and done last year after round eleven. That was Eastwood. Um, nine games, six wins also. So I said a lot of teams on that six win, they were on 33, only one point ahead of Varinga. They're a team, uh, Dave, that um, TG Milner, we obviously know that uh, is going to come to an end sooner rather than later. Hopefully they'll have their new facilities um, out in Northwest Sydney sooner rather than later. But um, they're another team that uh, it's, an, it's a hard game when you know you go to TG Milner you know you're going to be up in a test when you take on the Woodies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, again, they've been a force for, for many years uh, as well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point you say. Again, I believe the facilities will be in Castle Hill. So um, it's interesting, Eastwood playing out of Castle Hill. So, uh, again, TJ Milner, definite fortress. Uh, I think they'll be Eastwood, again, top four again this year. Uh, again, they are a quality side. Uh, again, you look at, uh, again, their points differential, um, and that was massive uh, in their favour. And, again, of course, they lost, you know, the, who they lost to were basically uh, teams we're going to be talking to uh, in a moment, which are above them. So, again, for me, I believe Eastwood will be top four. Um, again, I... Don't want to get a far far <laughs> ahead of myself about who's above them, but uh, yeah, I think top four, one hundred percent for East. Uh, I can't disagree that they're going to be up in that top four. The perennials up there. You think about it, only two seasons ago they lost the. They're unlucky to lose the grand final to Gordon out at 
like Hard Oval, probably would have been close to getting there if the season went through. It didn't, but it just gives more motivation for themselves and the other three teams we're about to talk about to want to get to that that last Saturday in in September, whether it's at Leichhardt or out at Parramatta Stadium. Who knows? Yeah. Well, I said Eastwood will have Randwick in round one, so that'll be a good another another game, which will be a, a good litmus test uh, for them to see how they're going to go in 2022. We'll move on to the team that was in third, and that is the team from the Synthetic out at Wallara. It is Eastern Suburbs. They had seven wins from their 10 games on 35 points. Another somewhat decent differential with 50 points there, Shane. And uh, again, they're going to be another team that's there or thereabouts. Maybe they might have to be the team that's going to give way a little bit if uh, the the Gordons, the Raringas, the Randwicks are going to take it up a notch. But as I said, they're not going to die wondering. They're not going to be an easy pushover. Um, this is why we why the Shoot Shield is such a good competition because of teams like Eastern Suburbs. They can get up there and mix it with the best of them. They, they deserve to be in third last year. Whether they would have finished there, maybe a different story with some of those teams coming below them coming home with a wet sail, but they were certainly there on merit last year. They definitely were, and all teams dread going out to the 5G synthetic field out at Willara Oval. Not the most pleasant place to play if it's a warm day and you start going, you start sliding around and you start getting the carpet burns, even though this is like one of the best synthetic fields that you will see in rugby worldwide. It still hurts if you if you land the wrong way and get the burns from it. But when you talk about players like Lola Lola Fiketti, who's in the Waratah setup, he's a Eastern Suburbs boy. He shows he just shows you how good he is. He only played three games for for the East last year and was able to get seven tries, five of those in two games at home and one away. If they're not if they're not sitting in top six, then there's something wrong inside that club structure. They're really good. They will be top six. I can't see them being top four, but they'll definitely be top six and they'll be pushing that top four teams all the way through until the very last day of the regular season. Marco? I think you're bang on there, Shano. Uh, to be honest, again, you, uh, yeah, synthetic and, and rugby just doesn't go together for me. Uh, that's That's got nothing to do with it, though, to be honest. Uh, again, I just feel they'll just slip out of that top four this year. They'll be top six, slip out of that top four. Uh, again, I just probably, uh, again, attack, uh, again, for them is imperative this year. They need that to fire. But uh, again, I think, again, on the basis of my view that, uh, again, I'm going to see some improvement from Gordon. I, I'm, I'm going to say there, stay with Shane. Top six, but not top four. Well, so they're going to be another one of these ones that are going to have a good litmus test uh, coming up first one, uh, first round because they're going to be taking on this team, the team that was in second and a team that's really been making a charge up the ladder the last couple of seasons in northern suburbs, probably playing in one of the prettiest grounds that we have in the Shoot Shield, as well as New South Wales Premier Cricket in North Sydney Oval. They'll be looking to play a lot more there this year. That Obviously, last year, with uh, everything going on, they, they were playing games at uh, North Sydney number two. They were playing games at... Uh, 
Pittwater Rugby Park in 2020 um, due to North Sydney Oval not being available. So they'll be a, a team market that will be looking forward to trying to play as many games at home. We've seen some big crowds there in the past and uh, as I said on a good day and a nice Sunday, a nice Saturday afternoon in the sun with a couple of thousand people there, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, for me, uh, again, if it wasn't for the dominance of Sydney Uni, uh, again, uh, they were probably uh, going to really press for that minor premiership. Um, agreed. But you look at their performances, again, being a bit of a, bit of, bit of a wanderer last year. Um, again, only two losses um, and a huge differential. Um, again, quality in attack, quality in defence. Again, I think they're going to be second um, only because of what we'll talk about next again. Yeah, well, Shane, they said they 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 conceded the least points out of anyone with only 138 in 10 matches. They uh, said Sydney Uni above them conceded four more only and in nine matches. So they've certainly got their defence. They they had eight wins from 10 games, but uh, when we're talking about top four teams, this is certainly a team that's going to have to be in that conversation. They definitely will. The only thing that I would find an issue this year. Obviously, with Darren Coleman, now the head coach at the Waratahs, he's got his side contracted players for players that were on form in the shoot shield, but obviously some of them that have had previous Super Rugby experience where you've got the two Sinclair brothers and Hugh and Angus now in that setup with the, the Waratahs, which means they're going to miss a fair chunk of the of the shoot shield season, they probably won't get back until around round 11, round 12, because you can see the Waratahs going a fair way into the Super Rugby Pacific competition as well. Max Beery is also there. The Livewire fullback as well is also in the Waratahs setup too. So it'll be how the second graders and some of the up-and-coming very good Colts players from their first grade side last year step up to fill those places and be able to replace the Sinclairs who have been some of the better better super rugby players for the Waratahs this season and over the last couple of years when they've had the opportunities to fill in. But whether Norths finish second, I think it'd be I think they'd be more likely to be third, but they're definitely top three. Anything less than third would be seen as an embarrassment to this to the Shawmen who pride themselves on always being as high up as they can, whether it's third grade Colts all the way to first grade and even their women's program. Well, last but certainly not least, they're on top of the ladder. Nine from nine, no one could touch them. Shane, Sydney University, 45 points. They were untouchable last year. We, we sort of come to expect this from Sydney Uni. Obviously, there's, there's everything that's said about them. Uh, they get how they get their players. We're not going to go into that here, but um, they are the benchmark. They generally are. When you talk about teams making the grand final, they're always in the conversation. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they can do it this year. Obviously, they'll have players on Waratah's duty as well, but they just seem to have the depth, don't they, that they'll be able to make a mark with their second, third, probably even fourth graders if they had to come up and do the job. Definitely, but you also have to remember some of the first graders, once the COVID situation 
ceased the competition over here. A couple of the players were able to secure overseas contracts, whether it was Major League Rugby or in the European competitions over in Europe, and they're going to be over there for another couple of years where they won't be able to come back and play. But losing players to Sydney, to the New South Wales Waratahs, and to the Brumbies, and to the Reds. But as you said, the fourth grade side was that strong. You could probably sit there and make up, put their fourth side against most first grade teams, and they would still win. No no smirk against the northern suburbs and the Baringas and the Gordons and the Ramwicks, but some of the other sides, would probably, you could see that way. But uni have always been a powerhouse. If we want to have that other discussion on how they get things, we need two full Spencer's podcasts to do it. <laughs> because, But that's a discussion that we don't need to have here because we're talking about the, the games not and the teams, not how things happen. But, yeah, they'll definitely be top two again. But where, whether they finish with that minor premiership, who knows? I'll say yes at this time, but I'd love to reassess after about round nine when you get into that halfway mark of the, the season and when the when all the rep players start to come back from their respective Super Rugby franchises. Uh, for me, again, they'll be they'll be top of the ladder. I think the gap won't be as significant. Uh, I think you've made a couple of really good points there, Shane. Of course, uh, no overseas travel meant that, uh, again, no players were going overseas. And, of course, the, uh, I suppose, the growth and promotion of the MLS rugby, or Major League Rugby, should I say. I was thinking MLS soccer uh, <laughs> in, in the US. Uh, so, yeah, but, again, they have depth, again, and the ability to attract players. Uh, again, I think they'll be... Top of the top at the end of the regular season, but not by much. Well, so that's our preview there. Couple of minutes left in the show, boys. I'm going to go through round one. I'm going to put you on the spot, sight unseen, and I want you to give me your tips for round one. First up, it's Eastern Suburbs taking on Northern Suburbs out at Wallara. Of course. Maka? I'm going to go north as well. Oh, that'll be a big one. That's, it. That's one of those litmus test games. Second game also will be the litmus test to see where, the, where they're both travelling. Out at TG Milner, it's Eastwood hosting Ranwick. I'm going to go Ranwick for the upset. I'll stick with the Woodies. I think they'll get up first at home. Well, we know how Shane's going to go in this one, but this is probably going to be match of the round. It's going to be a big one. Baringa hosting Sydney Uni at Pittwater Park. Well, my boys, Baringa, <laughs> by one. I'm, I'm going to go the other way, Sydney Uni, but I also think it'll be very tight. I think it'll be a close one. I think that'll be a cracker. As I said, you, you talk, Shane, about the... Um, the, the Ringer Manly derby, the, the Bayfield Cup being sold out. I said, if there's some people being starved of some rugby, this is a game to go to as well out mm. at Pittwater Park. Next up down at Foreshore, another game that has said if both teams want to be able to show that they're going to be um, a force in 2022, they're going to have to perform well. It's Southern Districts taking on Manly. Um, Souths in a high-scoring game. 
I'm also going to go south, although I think the gap will be a little bit narrower than what Shane predicts. I think they will win by about 10. Um, we travel up the M1 to the number two sports ground in Newcastle. The Wildfires, they've probably got the toughest test first up taking on Gordon. Oh, ouch. Sorry, sorry, Hunter, but no, nah, Gordon to pick up a bonus point and win this comfortably. Uh, I will agree with you totally, Shane. I think they'll, I, I think they'll win this one comfortably uh, as well. Um, a big test for Hunter first up, but uh, as we saw last year, uh, Hunter did come back and it's probably, again, uh, the, the hard test that they need first up. Last but certainly not least, this is where you'll be, Macker, and I know I'll have my eye on it because it'll be this will be another interesting game to see how both these sides are travelling. Out at Eric Tweedle, it's Western Sydney taking on West Harbour. Two blues by two converted tries. They'll get the bonus point probably out of it for getting the four tries. I think they get, I think they're going to make Eric Tweedle an absolute fortress. West Harbour, yeah. I no, sorry, I can't go with them. Your boys all the way, Macker. I, I'm again. I'll, the non-biased uh, view <laughs> of this one is uh, I do. I think I'm going to go. I think it's going to be a big day there. It's going to be a huge day. Back to uh, back to Paraday with uh, all the old uh, Parramatta Two Blues uh, being invited there. To, uh, uh, I think they'll be uh, backed by the crowd. Hopefully over a 1,000 people there. Uh, I reckon the two Blues are going to get up, but it's going to be a close one um, against West Harbour. Well said. It sounds like it's going to be a, a, an action-packed and tightly uh, contested first round of the shoot shield, and I don't think we would have it any other way here on Splinters. I said, that does mean we're out of time. We do need to let Shane and Macca get into it to see what their... Uh, Wager will be between the two, uh, your two sides, Warringah and the two Blues. We might keep people uh, updated in that uh, in due course. But uh, for now, we'll say goodbye. Thanks, Macca. Appreciate you being on with us uh, for Splinters. Hopefully, you're not a stranger and we'll see you either here or on the bench in the weeks to come. You will do. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to be back. Mate, thank you so much. And the Hat Rack, Shane Evans, I know you can't wait. You'll be sleeping out Friday night at Pittwater Rugby Park. It's going to be a huge 2022 season of Shoot Shield Rugby. Definitely will, especially for the Rats. They want to go better than what they did last year. And, yeah, just bring on uni and let's have some fun. But let's let's enjoy what we hopefully will be a full season. Nothing, nothing with COVID stopping it short. Yes, fingers crossed that uh, we don't have a third season in a row that is cut short that either at the start or the beginning. I think we'll, uh, we've all got our fingers crossed here. I'm sure we will get through the full season for 2022. But for Dave Mack and McDonald, for the Hat Rack Shane Evans, I am the wise man, Matt Mears. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Splinters. We'll be back next Tuesday on Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll be back next week on all your favorite podcasts. Make sure you keep listening to Triple H Sport throughout uh, the week on 100.1 FM, and we'll catch you down the road. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.